Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and for the first time ever this year, I am going to Momocon in Atlanta. Momocon is, they're sort of related to, partnered with Dragon Con. They're their own separate thing, though. Uh, I think they've just kind of used resources and knowledge that Dragon Con has. But this convention is much more focused on anime, animation, gaming, comics, and manga. And uh, just a, a younger, it, it's aimed at people much younger than me, is what I have been figuring out as I have been talking to people and looking at what they have online. But I still think it's going to be an awesome time. I'm really, really excited about going and experiencing something new and entirely different and experiencing it uh, purely as a journalist, uh, if that's the right word. I don't know that it is. It is. It's media. How about that? It's media. I can call myself, I can comfortably call myself media. Uh I'm not presenting anything. I'm not in. I'm not in any kind of attending guest professional person capacity. Uh, I, I'm not doing any panels or anything. None of that. I am just going there to observe. I'll be like an alien from another dimension, uh, observing and keeping a low profile. Uh, which I don't know how easy it'll be to keep a low profile. As a 42, that's right, 42, the magical age where all of the understanding of life, the universe, and everything has come into my brain as of today, May the 10th. It was my birthday. Uh, As you're listening to this, potentially on May the 11th, maybe even later, if you didn't already go over to my Facebook page and wish me a happy birthday, don't even bother now. You're too late, Jack. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I, I, it's making me feel old because I, I look at the Momocon page, which is, by the way, at momocon.com, and I, I don't know what any of this is, but it looks like fun. Uh, you know, as you know, anime is not really my world. Uh, manga is not really my world. I don't even know how to say it right. Manga, manga, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, but comics and, and, and animation I can get into, a lot of the voice acting I can get into, and I know who some of the uh, the gaming people who are going to be there are. I'm going to try and pick out a few panels to sit in on and review. I won't be doing live tweeting because I think that's rude as crap, uh, but I, I certainly will be... If you follow me on Instagram as Phantom Turbomucker or Twitter as uh, the same or Needless Things on Twitter... Uh, you will see lots of stuff from Momocon two weekends from now. In two weeks. You have two weeks to prepare for this really high-energy, youthful experience that I'm going to be at. Today on the show, oh, the reason I'm talking about Momocon 
Uh, today, our guest is Renee Cooper, who is the Director of Media Relations for Momocon, and she came on the show. We had a great conversation about where she comes from, how she got involved, and what is going on this year, and what you need to know and what you need to take part in, and everything is up online now. Uh, they've got on, on that website, momocon.com, they've got the schedule, they've got all the registration information, the guest list, everything that you need to know. And it's all very neat and tidy, uh, very easy. There are large squares that are easy to navigate and browse through. So good job on the web design. It's very nice. Uh, I think I think that's really all I've got today because it's, it's my birthday and we're doing stuff. And I want to get back upstairs and eat some more food that I shouldn't be eating and uh, hang around with my bootleg horror Legos that uh, Phantom Jr. got me and figure out which of these a professional get this a professional photographer i didn't know anything about this came and took pictures of our dogs uh, luna mr otis and daphne and i am choosing from this book of pictures that i got which of the pictures i want like fancy professional prints of and there are these great pictures of our dogs doing like wild, crazy things, uh, just different facial expressions and looks and poses, and it's amazing. So the, I had all these surprises. I had bootleg horror Legos. Well, and not not just horror Legos, because uh, it's the 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 Pennywise from the most recent it I put up on my Instagram. But I also got uh, Ash, Leatherface, Jason Voorhees, uh, who else? Uh, and also a couple of Masters of the Universe. I got Faker and Skeletor. Uh, great. I didn't even know. Well, I knew the horror ones existed. As a matter of fact, I almost ordered them uh, a few months ago and, and then just uh, didn't because the shipping was a lot or something weird like that. Uh, but now, now I've got some of them, and now I'm going to have to have all of them. Uh, so anyway, good birthday times, having fun, and I need to get back to it. So you guys can go to needlessthingspodcast.com, click on the big square Amazon box, and you can't get pictures of our dogs, and you can't get pictures of bootlegos, bootleg Legos, bootlegos, whatever. Uh, you can't get those, but you can go in and maybe order some Mad Balls stuff, or maybe order some components for your cosplay to wear to Momocon, or maybe order some of those froggy towels, the chill towels that you put in the water and then stick in your clothes to keep you cool, uh, because it's it's apparently already getting up to 90 degrees around here soon, so you're going to want to stay cool at Momocon. Order yourself a, a nice bottle to keep yourself hydrated. I carry a water bottle at all times at any convention I go to now, and I stay hydrated. So go to needlessthingspodcast.com. Click on the Amazon box. It doesn't cost you anything extra to shop through that link. Buy whatever you want. Maybe you need uh, late night personal items. Those will count. Anything you buy on Amazon will help out Needless Things. And it costs you nothing extra. So go do that. Uh, and then listen to this episode of the Needless Things Podcast with our new friend, Renee Cooper, and she's going to tell you all about what's going down at Momocon. I'm, I'm really, really excited about this because it's something new and different, and uh, it's just, I'm 
it's going to be a fun time experiencing stuff that are not it's not part of my everyday life and experience i'm going outside of of my typical sphere of coolness into into experiencing something new it's going to be awesome i hope to see some of you guys down there uh, I know we've got a few listeners that go because it was recommended as one of the conventions that we should cover this year uh, as needless things. So if you see me down there, and I'm probably, I'll spend a little time in the mask just because I feel like I ha- it's, a, it's a convention. I want to wear a costume at some point, but for the most part, I'll probably be walking around just taking pictures with my fancy pants new camera. Uh, and, and I will be, I'll be wearing a suit I'll be neat and pretty. I will not be down there in shorts or flip-flops, flip-flops, disgusting, or anything like that. Uh, I I will look nice and presentable and like a respectable member of the press because I know how you should look and how you should act professionally. That's what I do, except for here on the show when we get really drunk and talk about movies. Anyway, now it is time for our pals, the Mystery Men. You can check them out at mysterymenofsurf.com. And, of course, if you liked our introductory music, please visit lasexoflex.com for our pals, Lasexoflex, featuring none other than Dana Swanson, a.k.a. Miss Ladyflex, who is the voice of Sarah 2.0 on Toonami, who I maybe 2.1 now. Uh, but who will be at Momocon doing panel things uh, as a special adult swim speaker person. Or at least she always is. I'm just assuming that she'll be there again this year. I hope it's a safe assumption or else now I just sound foolish. And Lord knows we don't want that. All right, here you go. go. Uh, Renee Cooper from Momocon. Right, we've got something very, very cool today. Uh, as the listeners know, I range about uh, with conventions here and there and everywhere, but I'm going to be showing up to cover an all-new one for me this year, but one that you guys probably know pretty well, and that's Momocon. And I'm sitting here today with Renee Cooper from Momocon, and we're going to talk about pretty much everything because I need, I'm like a freshman here. I need the full <laughs> introductory course, and I'm sure some of the listeners do as well. So, Renee, uh, I hope you are ready to teach. Oh, I've got my, my, my books, my notebooks, my, my materials ready to inform you about Momocon, yes. The Momocon syllabus. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, what, what I'd like to know to start things off is what are the origins of this convention that has become so big in seemingly such a short time? Right. Um, so Momocon started out uh, about 14 years ago. It was called Anime Oteku, and it took place on the Georgia Tech campus. So it is a Georgia-grown uh, event and convention. And, just, of course, it started out with just a bunch of uh, anime fans. And uh, every year it has grown to include more fandoms, um, bigger and better guests, um, more local celebrities as well. And it covers not just anime, but now comic books, uh, of course, cosplay. And there's a huge video game scene that um, not a lot of people know happens during Momocon um, right here Memorial Weekend. So it's jumped around dates for a while, but for the last few years, it's been uh, Memorial Weekend starts Thursday. 
um, and goes until Sunday. And it's at the Georgia World Congress Center and the Omni Hotel. So it's in a beautiful location, like right back dab in the middle of downtown Atlanta, um, right by Centennial National Park. Um, like I said, the Omni is there, um, CNN Center. So it's right at the aquarium, all right in that area. Um, so a bunch of fandom. It's a huge fandom event for that weekend. And it seems like over the last few years, it's just exploded in uh, not only attendance, but in scope. Because I, I feel like over the last maybe five, six years is when you guys have really started uh, expanding to be a, a bigger media-style event. Yes, it, um, it's interesting. My first time, so right now I'm, di- I'm director of media relations, and um, I first started as press in 2008 six or eight or somewhere around there right when they started when they moved to their first big um, one of their first big hotels which was the Hilton downtown and since then they've moved to um, again George Royal Carter Center and uh, last year they clocked in about 30,000 attendees that came through throughout the weekend and that's people buying memberships and exploring the space and um so 30,000 is is that was great and we already have anticipated um not just anticipated we've seen an increase in our first time memberships uh this year bigger than we've ever seen before and that doesn't even include people who've come in previous years so uh it's definitely getting much larger um last year they also or two years ago they also had a strategic alliance as we call it with Dragon Con mm-hmm. uh which basically meant that we were able to join our resources to get those uh, guest connections and those celebrity connections and uh, using those resources to kind of build on the fandom and the fan base and bring in bigger, better opportunities, events, um, people, and programming um, that, you know, Dragon Con's had a a super long-term success. They're 30 years old. So um, being able to kind of become a strategic partner with them those merging resources have has been nothing but a, a great big deal. But yeah, every year since they've moved off campus, um, it's it's just exploded in its popularity and in what they offer to the fans. Well, and it makes a lot of sense to to partner in a way with Dragon Con because you're you're at opposite ends of the year. You know, there there's a there was a space there for for a a big Atlanta convention to take place, yeah. and there are different from what i've seen there are different focuses between the two conventions yeah it's just that they're very much two different um conventions they're you know there's not looking to we're not looking to combine the two and make a mini momo or or, you know a mini dragon things like that they're very much have their own um atmosphere and scene and um but of course again it really draws down to what do the fans want and what do the fans like and yeah momocon starts the summer um again we've got animation both, you know, Japanese and American and everything, you know, the whole scope of worldwide animation, uh, which is pretty big. Um, they're able to do a lot more focus on um, local uh, comic book writers and local um, celebrities and guests, um, as well as influencers who are in the, uh, like, online space, like YouTubers. Um, we have a huge uh, appearance of YouTubers and uh, on Twitch personalities that come through and um, are able to meet up with fans which is a little bit different than how, you know, some other conventions do who only focus on maybe voice actors or uh, writers, things like that. So um, it's just like a little bit different media style that Momocon brings. I think that's really smart because the you're, you're it's almost like you're going after a younger 
audience, or, or not going after, but looking to serve a younger audience. Because I know uh, for my, I've got a ten-year-old son, and he is very much tuned in to you know all the the YouTube, the video game reviewers, and the personalities and everything. And I don't know a thing about that world, but <laughs> right to to serve you know the upcoming generation is very smart. Yeah, and um, we were just speaking the other day. Uh, Chris Stuckey is one of the uh, co-chairs, the founder of MomoCon. Uh, he and his wife, Jess, they have done an amazing job in keeping uh, MomoCon awesome and relevant and just cool for um, all ages. And that's one of the things that they've wanted to keep going is that it's an all-ages event, an all-ages convention, which on one hand means that there's no 18-plus programming, so you don't have to worry about uh, your 10-year-old, let's say, sneaking into a, a panel and seeing something he you know that may be more mature for right. another convention right um but it also means that they kind of make the median age about 25 so they look for people you know um things that would be interesting to the up-and-coming younger generation and then uh some of the current and then also nostalgia aspects of media that appeal to people more of our age so um just going into uh you know late 20s 30s and above um so that's why they have a lot of focus on american animation and comic books um things that you know we've been enthralled in and engaged in for you know since this kind of start of a fandom reached america you know yeah um so uh so yeah they 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 like that focus and it's just done a wonderful job because people can bring their children or their younger siblings um or they can just show up on their own and know that there's going to be something there for everybody. Now what are you said you've been going for over a decade now starting off as as press covering it? Mm, close to a decade. I said 2005 so I remember I said that 2009. Okay. Time is weird in my brain, but I'm pretty sure around 2009 <laughs> 10 is when I started well, going to MomoCon, and then I did press. When I said five, I probably meant 15. Well, so, time um, gets <laughs> even weirder when you're talking about conventions, because there are... Right. I, I've been going to DragonCon for a very long time now, and I couldn't even tell you which year what things happened. So I, right. I completely understand that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so what, what's what been your personal experience with MomoCon over the years? Like, what, what has been your fandom uh, that they've served? Yeah, so I um, I started with anime. Um, I've even going way back. I, I love cartoons. I love just you know Cartoon Network. I remember when it, it first started. Like I was alive. I I remember when it became a channel. Um, and so I was interested in you know tsunami and things that were that were bringing anime to America. And um, you know there were a lot of people who were talking about MomoCon and how it was starting that way, and they had anime showings and video game tournaments. And so um, I just went and you know did my hand at cosplay. And um, you know as each year went forward, they brought in cooler guests. Like uh, I'm a big fan of Portal. They brought in the voice of Glados. Um, I remember that specifically. I liked watching the Yu-Gi-Oh Bridge version, which is uh, done by Little Karibo and a group online, Team Four Star, and they. Um, they are, to me, some of like the original online personalities that people would be watching. Um, so I got to meet uh, some people from their team. And, um, you know, as, as years went on and I started um, doing a YouTube cho- show called The Aficionados, um, we were like, you know what, we want to cover some of this. If there's access that we can get to show people, you know, what the cosplay is like and who the guests are and, you know, just talk about the community in general, um, it seemed like a great opportunity and MomoCon was one of the first places that we were able to get a press pass through. So, um, 
it's really just been exciting um, every year. You know, like you said, it kind of all blends together, and it's hard to know. Remember, like, oh, I remember this year I did the the dance and it was great, and then this year um, I I played that Japanese game that I've never played before, and then another year I did a cosplay, and then I talked to you know these guests and celebrities. Um, I feel like though recently um, I'm a huge Steve Universe fan, and they had a lot of Steve Universe guests uh, the past two years, um, especially last year they had about five people from the show. And that was just amazing to be able to see and hear their experiences with the show and their other projects um, and um, also kind of connect with some people from Cartoon Network, which, again, I've loved them forever. So Momocon's kind of really been able to bring all that kind of home for me. And um, I just I feel like it's uh, I'm doing my part and I'm able to kind of enjoy some of the other media styles that I've loved for so long. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about. You mentioned Steven Universe and Cartoon Network. Let's talk a little bit about the the uh, what kind of animation will be represented this year at MomoCon because it's not just anime; it is also American animation. Um, yes. And and I would imagine pretty much anything that might have a fandom, you guys at least look into covering. Yeah, um, one of Jess's big uh, plans every year is to try to get as many. Uh, voices or characters from a um, from a single source, from a single media source, as possible. Um, I said last year was um, Steven Universe, and um, previous years they've done a lot of different ones. But let's talk about this year, though, because that one's upcoming, and I'll remember. Um, <laughs> one of the biggest American cartoons, which actually does kind of tie into anime, is Voltron, the new Voltron show that is oh, yeah. on um, Netflix amazing show done by the creators of you know if you liked avatar last airbender it's like the same sort of animation and and team behind it and um they've got they just actually announced one more um voice actor from the show previously they had uh, john keaton who is shiro and he's done a lot of voices on his career they have uh, kimberly brooks who's one of my personal heroes who is uh, princess laura and then they just announced uh her name is i think bex and she's the voice of pidge who's like one of the favorite characters from the entire show yes um yes. so she those three are definitely on the um realm to come this year um like i said pidge was just announced today uh online and in an email so i even got freaked out and shared it on my facebook page so um you know a lot of people could kind of see that um so voltron's big this year um they have a lot of voices from uh dragon ball z uh, the original one of the one of the original older Goku's, uh, the gentleman who voices both Piccolo and Vegeta, um, so two of like the best dads of the whole show. Um, <laughs> they also have uh, Majin Buu, and um, there was one of the other dads who's from that show, and I can't remember Hercule. Um, so a lot of different voices from Dragon Ball Z uh, that are coming through. And uh, I'm really excited for that because, again, that's kind of ties into the Toonami thing. A lot of people saw that first on Toonami, which is on Cartoon Network. Right, right. Um, well, first in English. So I say make sure that you know it's the English voice actors. Um, and another really great um, anime that is a little obscure for some people, but, again, was part of that Toonami pull um, when they brought a lot of, you know, different anime to America is uh, Fully Cooley. They have a couple of voices from Fully Cooley, the main girl Haruku, Haruko and um, one of the main uh, boy voice actors who is al- also a girl. 
And um, what's really awesome this year is they are releasing the second season of Fully Cooly during Memorial Weekend, and they're doing a premiere event at MomoCon. So oh, if awesome. anyone's been, yeah, I I freaked out. I love Fully Cooly. It's just crazy, and one of those anime that kind of changed my way of thinking about anime. Um, and they're gonna have a premiere event this weekend with Toonami included. So that's um, just a few of the animation style. Um, um, voice actor guests that we have coming through. Um, we also do have like um, Elisa Lewis, who's a Atlanta local, and she's worked on Archer, and she runs My Animation Life, which is a really great uh, organization that actually connects people to jobs, uh, animation jobs in Atlanta and around the southeast. So um, they really tie in the whole thing, not just the national spectrum of guests, but local guests who are making a big deal and doing great things here in Atlanta. Um, so it's it kind of is, like I said, a full spectrum of, of every level of it for people who love animation watching it and people who want to do it and get involved. That's very, very cool. I, I love seeing uh, uh, local talents included. I, I really like mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, we're not looking just to bring in people from all over, but we also will have a focus on, on local events and happenings. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as far as the uh, Fully Cooly premiere that's going to be happening Memorial Day weekend, what other mm-hmm. kind of, because we, we mentioned all of these uh, talents that are going to be there, what mm-hmm. kind of panels will there be? Uh, and, and actually, on the same note, how do you guys handle uh, your scheduling, your programming, uh, how accessible that is to the people that will be at the convention? Mm-hmm. These are great questions. Um, super excited to actually talk about this because I realize not a lot of people knew um, some of the information I'm going to tell you. So uh, programming is everything from, again, the topics we talked about, animation, cosplay, um, to individual fan panels that are you know, in-character panels where people dress up like a character and kind of do like FAQs or just do like sort of acting. They have crafting panels where you can go in and build or... Um, you know, cook, make bento boxes, um, learning how to sew. They have branding panels. Um, there's some really cool ones about how to take your passion in, you know, a cosplay passion or writing or drawing and turn that into a job. Um, how, you know, same with videography or podcasting. They have all of that, and there's over 400 hours of panels. So uh, from Thursday to Sunday, you'll be able to find something awesome to do. Um, that kind of covers... Uh, what your interests are and what you're looking to learn if they're in your, you know, your leisure life or your professional life. Um, they also have, um, I had mentioned a couple times about kind of like career, career sort of um, geared activities, but uh, Thursday they are doing a um, career fair where they're bringing in different employers who can uh, help review resumes and um, just talk about some of the what it takes to get into the business of either animation, comics, video games, um, you know, either creation or, you know, voice acting, anything like that. Uh, they're bringing in a bunch of different businesses for that on Thursday. And there's no um, ticket required. You don't have to have a membership to attend that. You can just come in on Thursday for that particular event. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. I, I love yeah. the idea that... You're not just there to entertain, but you're also there to educate, to get people involved in things. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's a great group of um, directors and professionals who want to get involved with with 
MomoCon. Again, because it is Atlanta-based and there's so much happening here, um, they just do a really good job of reaching out and bringing in the professionals that they need. Um, so there's, let's see, there, that was a really big event for Thursday. Um, we have concerts that are going on throughout the weekend. Um, there's a, um, like live concerts, like a YouTube concert is going to be hosted, um, with last year, I think they had like Caleb Hayes and, uh, what's her name? Audra Soros, who are musicians on Facebook, uh, or on YouTube, sorry. And they have kind of like a, a couple of concerts or a couple of um, events where they're speaking and, and singing, which is pretty awesome. A lot of people don't get the opportunity to see them live. They just see them online. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also have Capcom Live and Open World, which are two orchestrated video game concerts. Uh, I'm really excited about those. Pretty sure they're Sunday, but um, they are. They play like they take like eight bit songs and turn them into orchestrated songs or some of the great. Um, music from things like Resident Evil or some of the things that have already really great orchestrated digital songs, um, and they perform them live. Oh, and um, wow. those are that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, those are separate tickets, but they're happening during the weekend, and um, they're still like a really amazing value. And just I've seen uh, a live concert before with game music, and it, it brought me to tears nearly because they did Kingdom Hearts, and I really love Kingdom Hearts music. So um, it's just a really great nostalgia feel to that, and it's just beautifully done because it's live orchestra music. Um, so as I had said, I'm not really sure what those dates are because I have not checked uh, Facebook lately. Um, a lot of their programming is on their website and of course they have a full schedule closer you know completed and closer to um, the weekend but um, what they are currently doing the program MomoCon's programming team is amazing they are creating Facebook events for every single panel and every single event all the tournaments and all the external events that they're doing during that weekend so if you log into Facebook and either check MomoCon's page or MomoCon programming's page just view their events and you can you can scroll through and see every single one on Facebook. And if you like, um, you can say you're interested in the event and it will show up on your page and your friends will see it. Or you can say that you're going. And I know that my calendar is connected to my Google calendar, my Mm -hmm. Facebook events connected to my Google calendar. So that's where I put everything. So I'll go through and I'll put interested or like or going and um, it fills my calendar for me. And all I have to do is go into my own schedule and and see those things. Um, And then also you can, you know, comment or sometimes the moderators will of each panel or the host of those panels will be connected. So you can go in and ask questions before beforehand, um, get a few more details. So it's, I think, one of the smartest moves because most people are on Facebook. I agree 100%. Uh, I actually, mm. a few years ago, because I, I put on uh, panels and game shows and whatever else at DragonCon, and a few years ago mm. I started making them into Facebook events, and, and not a lot of people were doing that. And I kind of, mm-hmm. I kind of got some a little flack for it, uh, oh. for, for whatever reason. Well, pe- people don't like change; it's weird. <laughs> uh, but it was a really good way to track the event and to get interest in the event, you know. Because otherwise, you know, when you've got a panel, it, let's say uh, for, I, I do toy panels, and I mm-hmm. one of the things I like to do is tell the people coming to bring their own toys to share their stories about, you know, a specific toy or whatever. Right. And how do you really let people know to do that in a one sentence blurb in an app that right. they may not even look at the blurbs? Yeah, I I really like the interaction of Facebook. I think that's great that you guys have adopted that. 
Yeah, it allows people to reach out and, like I said, you can see how many people are interested. You can um, tell them to, yeah, bring um, their own items or... I think we cut out a little bit there. I don't think we lost the call, but I can't hear you right now. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Did you wander too far from the source? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me again? I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I had a call come through, and I guess it just stole me away. <laughs> it messed everything up. That's okay. <laughs> I, I made a time note. Oh. Um, we can just uh, keep going from the usefulness of Facebook. Okay. Um. So, let's see. On that... You can see who's going. You can see uh, who's interested, have questions asked ahead of time, uh, import pictures. You know, it's, it's basically an event page. You can do anything you'd like to on a normal Facebook event page there. But, again, what I like the most is that I can connect my Google Calendar, which I swear by, and then I transfer to a paper calendar, yeah. um, and I can put everything there. Um, because a lot of my weekend is spent in the media relations room, um, I would love to go to a lot of these panels, but sometimes I cannot. Um, I actually have a couple of my own panels that I'm doing this weekend, that, that particular weekend. But it does um, still allow me to show interest and hopefully share it with other people if it's something that I'm interested in seeing. So even if I can't attend, other people can still see, oh, Renee's interested in this yeah. brand, branding you know, uh, panel that they may not have known even existed. Um, and offer support to the person who's hosting or moderating that, because I would love to support every single one of them, but we all know that there's particular ones that may fall into our own range of fandoms that we're like, oh, that would be cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, they've been doing that a couple years, and um, I think just now people are starting to realize that that's, you know, the wonders of that. So um, it's still not totally completed, because like I said, with 400 plus hours plus events and tournaments, um, there'll be... They've already started. Um, they'll probably be doing that for the next couple of weeks. But by the you know start of the convention, everything is usually on paper and digital, so that they can um, you know all the attendees can see exactly what the schedule's like. Well, and like you said about as far as Facebook, it, it, people are constantly on Facebook, and you'll see the changes happening. You know, if a panel gets moved, you'll you'll mm. see it when you open up Facebook. I mean, there's there's right, no right. need to worry about notification or anything like that. You just that's how that thing works now. We all know yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It's a great tool. So what uh, you said you are putting on some panels. What are you hosting uh, this year? <laughs> so um, I have – I really love getting involved with the – it's rave slash all ages dance event um, because it is all ages. And um, I will definitely be there. I'm not really hosting it at all because it's music, but um, I will definitely – maybe be seen there um but one of the events that i'm super excited about hosting is um the steven universe sing-along and we've done it before um i think i've done it now one and a half times uh we did it at dragon con and it filled the room it our room was actually beyond full because we uh had to take a wall down for uh air conditioning reasons and um it just basically filled the entire space and it it also filled me with so much happiness because I love the show, I love the music, and um, the fans who were, were able to come and sing along just had such a great time, and you could just feel that good energy from it. So we're tr- doing it again. I applied again for MomoCons 
um, to do it at MomoCon. And uh, I was actually asked if we would make it part of our official charity event for the convention. Um, and the charity this year is the Atlanta Boys and Girls Club. We're working with the 501st Garrison, which does the Star Wars cosplay for uh, events around town. A lot of people have kind of seen the Stormtrooper groups oh, yes. Um, yes. and the, yeah, the, the different, uh, the Rebels and the Star, the, uh, I'm saying all these different things, but you know, the, the Rebels, the Stormtroopers, uh, the Darth Vader cosplays. Um, so we're working all with them to help them raise money for a Boys and Girls Club. And so um, we're hoping with this event, I'm pretty sure this one doesn't even have a Facebook page for it yet because they're still getting details going. But um, like I said, we made it part of our DragonCon fundraiser um, when we did it last year. And I think it's going to be a really great turnout because so many people, you know, Steam Universe fans, are the ones I've met, are amazing. And um, this is a really great opportunity to just, like, you know, lose yourself in song for about an hour and, um, you know, do a little something extra for charity. So i um, super excited about that. Um, and I'm pretty sure that actually is the only one on my schedule right now. There may possibly be another one I get invited to, <laughs> which is always interesting. But um, that's kind of like the biggest one. And then, of course, the, the dance rave um, on Saturday night. So that's actually all Saturday. So... I'm going to be tired, but I'm also going to be super fulfilled. There's always one day where it seems like the most things tend to fall. You're like, all right, I'm good. I can't do another thing on Saturday. And then something else pops up like, hey, can you <laughs> can you do this? Yes, yeah. of course I can. I'm not going to say yeah, no. Yeah, why not? Of course it's during that same spot of time I was going to take a nap. Yes, I can oh, definitely yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, I'll nap that's, on Sunday. And, and that's the tough thing is when you're relieved that you're losing nap time and not like missing another panel that you want to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, like okay, exactly. I, I I'll miss my nap, but at least I won't miss the the Battlestar panel. Okay, good. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, I did. I think I am also signed on to be a moderator for uh, panels if they need them. So um, I did that last year, and I moderated for one of my favorite voice actors, who's J. Michael Tatum. And um, I was a, a mess. I was so nervous. <laughs> Um, and people were like, you did great. I was like, I don't know what I did. I, I just talked. And he was a great talker. So he could take over when I was feeling overly fangirl. Um, but it was, you know, I, I did as best I could to contain it. And um, it worked out really well. So I may do that the same this year. I don't know why they keep asking me to do it. But um, they're just like, you want to be on stage and make a fool of yourself with in front of this popular person? I'm like, yes. Yes, I will. Don't worry about it. <laughs> once um, they once they rope you in once, that's it. It's it's yep. all over. Got you for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So as far as the convention itself, it runs Thursday through Sunday, which is pretty impressive because not a whole lot of conventions now have taken on Thursday as well, at least not in an official capacity. Um, mm. So the fact that Momocon's kind of owning that as well is very cool. What? You know, you've got fan panels. You mentioned a uh, all ages rave, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. What other kinds of things are going on, uh, entertainment wise? Like as far as just showing up, wandering around, what's going to be down there? Well, the cosplay scene is always really great. So whether you're in cosplay, you just like taking pictures of it. Um, there is, uh, they have a costume contest on Saturday, but throughout the weekend, you're sure to see tons of people dressed up in uh, characters that you may or may not even recognize, but have put a lot of great effort into it. Um, also, if you're exploring the the exhibitor hall, which is like the lowest level floor, you have two different sort of sections. You have uh, the 
the exhibitors who are like vendors, um, tons of apparel, uh, Japanese items, uh, cartoon based and like themed clothes, uh, toys, uh, movies, media, K-pop DVDs, really everything you could think of that you could ever want um, is brought in one place. So it's like a giant mall, uh, nerd mall that you can just kind of go through. Um, you can check out the Artist Alley, which is, again, local and some national artists who bring their original work to be sold and seen in this place. Um, so there's an, just an amazing assortment of creativity that goes on um, down in that exhibitor hall. And then uh, what a lot of people still haven't figured out yet, even though it's one of the biggest attractions of the convention, is it's like 150, pretty sure. I have to double-check my numbers, see if they've gone higher on me, square feet of space for gaming. And it's not just like video games and console games. They have uh, You can do a LAN connection. You can play tabletop games. They have LARP. They have, um, you know, the old school arcade uh, Atari style games. They have imported Japanese games like the flip a table game where I don't even know what you do. You just at some point have to flip a table and then you <laughs> win, I think. Um, so they have the, um, the the Japanese drum game, uh, dance idol games, DDR, which a lot of people are more familiar with here. Um, and then every system you can think of from like the old school Nintendos to uh, the newer either console or computer games. Um, they have cash tournaments, casual tournaments. Um, let's see, what else am I missing? They have, again, board games and tabletop games. So if you've never played, if you've always wanted to understand how to play certain games, like Dominion, um, they have people there who can teach you. And you can just hang out and play the game and learn to play different ones. Um, and what's really cool about the gaming area if that wasn't enough, is this year it's open 24 hours throughout the weekend. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. You, at, the, at 2 in the morning, you're like, I, you know what? I really want to play Werewolf. More than likely, somebody's already down there and you just join a game of Werewolf. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be um, busy nonstop. Uh, yeah. There may be some slow times, but again, it's they're opening it up and allowing people to... Because sometimes games get long. You know, Maybe you start a D&D campaign and you just have to go all weekend. Um, that's available. So um, that's really exciting, and it's going to be a blast because there's almost no way you can even play all the games in one weekend, um, but you can try. And um, like I said, that's kind of what the Exhibitor Hall is is most known for in the past couple of years is having just this huge gaming floor that's the biggest in the Southeast, probably in the country next to only second to like Gen Con, which is right, a right. full gaming convention. That's fantastic. Cause as we all know, gamers do not have bedtimes. So that, that nope. really needs to be available 24 <laughs> seven Yeah, or 24. Someone's like, I Oh my guess. gosh, there's gotta be, yeah. They, they just think like, oh, there's gotta be a dungeon idea right now. And someone's like, I'm for it. Let's go. Let's, let's do this dungeon. And it's like three in the morning. That's fantastic. So, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what kind of focus is it? Cause to me, uh, you know, I, I love guests. I love having a, a, a merch room, uh, dealers, whatever. I love concerts. But to me, when I go to a larger scale convention or, or even a smaller one, really, one of the most important things to me are the cosplayers, the, the cosplayer presence. Because mm-hmm. when you see people walking around uh, dressed up as Canada or Silver Surfer or whatever they might be, it's sort of, yes, my favorite yes. person. I love, love, <laughs> love Kira, man. <laughs> uh, 
but it takes you out of the real world. Like it makes it this fantastical setting where mm-hmm. you can be comfortable. You can know that okay, these these are my people. There there are folks walking around that have put so much effort into being amazing for this weekend. Like it really just helps relax you and take you out of uh, you know your job, your your real world, whatever it may be. Uh, right. What what kind of cosplay focus is there at MomoCon? Are there contests? Uh, what kind mm-hmm. of things are going on? So they do have the um, biggest kind of uh, like costume competition that happens. Pretty sure it's Saturday afternoon. Forgive me for not knowing exactly when. I just can think back to when I saw the huge line of of cosplayers <laughs> come through. Uh, I think Saturday afternoon is when they do the lineup and the judging, and then they have a the finalists. Um, on stage to show off their costumes uh, in the evening on Saturday. So um, that's a huge deal. And during that time is the best time to catch some of the best cosplays because they're competing. So, you know, like they mean business when it comes to their costumes. Um, So that's a great time to like if you're in the um, convention center to check those out. Um, they also have a lot of panels, as I mentioned before, about how to get into cosplay, um, how to brand your costuming, um, you know, page or your, you know, get into your costume career. Um, and even a couple things, you know, I've seen some on some panels on corsets, um, some on um, body painting, armor building. So um, whether you're just starting or you need to get a little bit more um, insight from, you know, another kindred spirit or artisan who's working on it, uh, they have that for you. Those will be on the program. Um, Another aspect of having it at the Georgia World Congress Center in Atlanta, which is so nice, is that there are so many beautiful places around the convention center to take pictures. So there's, of course, the the most popular one is the the Centennial, um, Centennial Park. It's just huge green space with really cool statues and fountains, and people are there all throughout the weekend taking pictures in that space. Um, even the parking deck that's right next to uh, the CNN Center, people are there. Um, there's their, the aquarium actually has um, a basically a themed night, a Momocon-themed night that you can go to. Um, it is a little bit, it's an extra ticket to the aquarium, but you will know that a lot of photographers and cosplayers will be there. And, of course, if you've been to the aquarium, you know how beautiful the whole space is and they've got the entire wall of fish they have the weird tunnel of fish that's what i call them that's not their official name um <laughs> no i think there's a sign that says tunnel of fish right beside it tunnel of fish yeah the tunnel of fish the stingray <laughs> creepy tunnel um they've got those areas um they've got you know the area with the otters the penguins so um i'm actually going to be there this weekend for a uh, different type of event but photo shoots there are pretty awesome so um they have just so much access to different places to even just capture cosplay um, and to meet people who are wearing them. And uh, it's it's a little bit, sometimes I know, overwhelming even for people who are just getting into cosplay or feel like they have to be in costume at a convention. But you're right, there's so many kindred spirits around who are wanting to talk about, you know, they see you in something that they know and they're like, ah, oh, you know, like I said, it's Kaneda, like, I want to talk about Akira now. Um, you know, even comic book cosplayers, there's tons more of those than people are used to seeing because they think that Momo's just for anime and it's not. Um, Overwatch is going to be a huge, you know, tons of Overwatch cosplayers. Oh, because yeah, you have undoubtedly. Yes, who are coming. Yeah, um, so that's definitely going to be 
a major look that people are going to be able to connect with. And um, there's also a place online. They have um, kind of like forums and spreadsheets of uh, photo shoots. So if anyone wants to get involved in them, um, they have a Sailor Moon cosplay and they're looking for a Sailor Moon group to be in part of, hey, go make some new friends and some new photographer friends. And, you know, you can use those um, kind of like the spreadsheets and those connections to uh, see where the photo shoots are going to be. Yeah, they'll have massive themed photo shoots for like all Overwatch cosplayers or all Warcraft cosplayers or whatever. That, yeah. I'm sure that stuff's going on. Especially with Warcraft and Overwatch, it's almost like you have to have multiple of them because costumes are so big. <laughs> right. So it's just like, we can only fit 100 in this picture because all of the costumes <laughs> next to each other. Like, you know, Mercy's wings take up the span of three people. So now we have to do, okay, take one, take two. Um, but that's why it's so awesome because you see those huge pieces come out and it's just like overwhelming. I, I can't even compete. I'm, you know, I'm, I barely am into the textiles of it. Um, sewing and gluing fabric together. So I'm just o- always blown away by the amazingly accurate cosplays that come through. That's always one of my favorite uh, sort of annual... Like, you know how you, when you're at a, at a con, like you have those little moments of, oh, this thing happened, okay, now it's con, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Every year at Dragon Con, one of my favorite first moments, like the first person you see in costume, obviously, that's always neat. But mm-hmm. for me, the first person I see with some kind of massive armature, whether it be wings or giant arms or whatever. Like, I always get really excited for that first person, whatever yeah. it may be, because that's the first person you've seen who's like, man, they built, like, this whole crazy thing, and they've dedicated themselves. You know, it's yeah. the, the building process is laborious enough, but then you have to put that thing on and walk around in it. Right. That. Oh, and you forgot the part where they have to pack it. They have oh to my pack gosh! It, right. Get it from point A to point B. Make sure it's plugged in because a lot of these now have lights in them. Oh you know, <laughs> or some sort of motor. Make sure it's charged, and then yeah, walk around and traverse the convention in this costume. So, like I said, those are the type of ones that you'll see getting ready for the judging of the costume contest, um, like on Saturday afternoon. So Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. So, yeah, if you're interested in seeing that, you may want to be on site for um, during that time. So we've got cosplay. We've covered animation. We've covered the gaming room, which is 24-7 now. Oh, and I I did want to mention this for the listeners who may not be native to Atlanta. Um, You mentioned a lot of different spaces in the area, and this stuff is all right there together. It's all within walking distance. Uh, and it's all very, very cool. The aquarium, like you said, the you know it's it's an aquarium, so it's cool enough backdrop. But even the architecture and stuff in there, there's so many different mm-hmm. spots that are great for photo opportunities. And and really, right. just that whole little area of Atlanta is is just a, a really. I mean, it's designed to attract tourists. So there's a lot of cool stuff right there together. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's talk. A little bit about the comics aspect of it. What what kind of things can we expect from the artist alley, from the comics guests? Uh, and, and I'm, I'm it's you know there obviously there'll be a manga presence there, but I would imagine there there'll be some more Western uh, stuff going on as well. Yeah. So um, and forgive me because I'm not as great on the comic realm. I need to be boosting my knowledge of that. Um, but I know off the top of my head that they have. Um, I'm I'm mostly familiar with the local guests because um, I know them and they are awesome and I've seen them multiple times. But like Marcus Williams and Greg Berman, they um, have been working on a lot of other comics, but 
um, one of their main ones that they're doing is like Tuskegee Airs, which is a new um, kind of spin on like a Tuskegee Airmen slash Mecca um, <laughs> comic that they've been working on. But they also just do really great art. Um, I want to also say that I know we have a bunch of different comic artists that are coming through, but I may have to get back to you on that one because well, the easiest I'm not way. as familiar with the names. <laughs> oh, that's no, that's no problem at all. You you but, can't oh, but be I will say everything. That on the guest page on the guest page of um of Momocon, so you go to momocon.com and then you check the guest. They actually have a specific section for comic book guests. So um, you can filter it and see just like everything that's there and kind of see their bios and um, you know who the writers are, what they've written for and um, who the artists are. And um, it's organized really well that way because they did want to separate those um, those guests out and let people know that they're coming through. Um, so I just apologize because, yeah, that was... <laughs> you can't <laughs> need everything to everyone, Renee. You just can't. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I actually want to give a shout-out uh, to our pals Peter Cutler and Mike Gordon, uh, who produced Tiki Zombie and who will be at Momocon. Yes, Very Tiki Zombie is awesome. I'll go, I'm going to go meet them so that I'll know and I'll make sure that I'll say that you told me about them. Absolutely. Like... <laughs> They're always a good chat. So cool. There's all kinds of different stuff to see and to do. Uh, just looking over and, and go to, like you said, Momocon.com is a great place to find out the guests, what's going to be going on, and to register if you haven't already registered. Uh, mm. Are there any other kind of highlights you'd like to throw out there about Momocon coming up Memorial Day weekend in Atlanta? Um, yeah, I already kind of touched on the, the gaming tournaments. Um, a lot of those are going to be on-site, and you can register while you are there. Um, but they also have the Indie Games Developer um, Awards, which highlights um, games and gamers and creators who um, either their works their games have never been seen before or they've worked on new um, titles or they're working on new projects, and they're bringing them to compete, and they're having... Um, larger developers kind of like um, judge them and give them feedback and see which one's going to win every year. So um, I love this because it's a chance to play a game sometimes no one else has played anywhere ever. And then to get also new um, updates on a game or new content for these independent games that, like I said, no one else has ever played. Or once they actually do drop a full game, you may get mad perks for it. Um, I've done that a couple times um with games that like phone games that you know i was the first to ever be able to play it or was able to help do um some of their um what do you call it when you you test game oh the beta testing so, um, mm -hmm. so um so the indie game indie game developers awards uh is a huge draw that people just love to see that those games there um i'd already mentioned the concerts are going to be awesome um there's a couple of other musicians like uh bit Brigade, bit brigade um, who are going to be like, they're like a rock group. So it's not just you know, the rave and techno and orchestrated, like there's rock concerts going on. Um, the rave has live DJs. And um, they just have a, so many different events. Like I said, it's four whole days, and it's like every moment is crammed full of amazing things. Um, I kind of touched on it before, but I didn't want to forget to mention some of the video game voices who are going to be there. Um, the voice of Farah, May, uh, Junkrat, and Winston from Overwatch. Um, 
I know Crispin Freeman is the voice of, Risk of Winston because he does a lot of anime voices as well. Um, also, Nolan North, who is in um, the Uncharted series. And Troy Baker, who is in tons of stuff. Um, I can't even really think of one particular thing. I'm pretty sure he's Last of Us. He's the dad in Last of Us. So um, they have a lot of just very highlighted um, video game voices who are going to be there. And, um, you know, it's almost becoming, I want to say, it's gonna, it is a game convention, but it's one of the largest parts of Momocon. And, again, most people just think anime because it did start as anime, sure. you know, anime otaku but um it's kind of important to get that across that you know games are such a big part of of um what makes momocon special and exciting and um, we always want to draw more people into um experiencing it because it's an experience you know it is it's getting away from your computer it's getting away from you know the tv or your phone and being able to actually interact with people um on a one-on-one basis meeting the creators and the voices behind the things that you're uh, you know, being a part of and indulging in all the time and just making these original and, you know, fun experiences that you won't really, you know, every time it's going to, every time I go to con, it's different. So, um, you know, I definitely invite people to come out if they have interest in any of those things, if they know people or have um, wanted to meet more friends with the same interests or, you know, like in your case where they have multiple generations of people who are, you know, kids and parents who want to enjoy what's new and what's nostalgic. So, yeah, you're, you're right. You, you're going to want to get your ticket ahead of time. Um, right now, $60. Um, you save about $10 to $15 by buying it um, before, you know, rather than buying it at the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but they will have single-day passes available, too. So, but for four days, that's an amazing value, and um, just, just $60. Um, so I hope a lot of people just, again, momocon.com, you can go there, register, super easy. And you can also register for different tournaments there when you uh, go on to get your membership. And you can check out the prices for the concerts as well. So everything is right there. Excellent. Renee, thank you so much for coming on the Needless Things podcast. I had a great time talking to you. And I can't wait to uh, see you down at Momocon in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, thank you. Oh, gosh, a couple of weeks. No, but you're right. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, and um, I can't wait to meet you in person. Come to the media relations room. It's a blast. We have Red Bull. <laughs> awesome. I will need it. I would like to thank our friends Julie and Selena for sending me some pictures to use for the cover of this episode. I've, I've never been to MomoCon. I don't have any pictures of it myself. And there, there were only a couple on the website that I felt like were general enough to use, and one of them wasn't the right shape, so it was nice to have a couple of extra cosplay pictures. And Julie's just happened to also have Renee in it. So if you go and look at the art uh, for the cover of this episode, uh, you'll see Selena and Julie and Renee on the cover underneath a whole bunch of people and a Momocon banner. So thank you guys. I appreciate you helping out. I'm super stoked about Momocon. And next week on the show, our friends, the Casket Creatures, stopped by the Phantom Zone for a live interview about their new album, Return to Wolfton, which will be available on May 18th at the album release party at Days of the Dead in Charlotte. 
as part of the Blue Track, uh, which is run, of course, by our buddy Son of Celluloid. After that, you'll be able to get it online, digitally, at Casket Creatures Shows. I've already got it because I'm a badass and because I did voiceover on the album, and it's awesome. Uh, Like, legitimately, seriously awesome. I'm not just saying it because they're my friends and because I'm on the album, but it is actually freaking awesome. Uh, I I love this album, and I'm actually scared to, like, burn it because I don't know how computers and the internet work, and I'm afraid I'm accidentally going to, like, upload it somehow and spoil the surprise of this awesome album. So that's this kind of dumb thought that goes through my head i'm gonna go celebrate the rest of my birthday you guys have a great weekend we'll see you next time i love you guys thank you for listening to the needless things podcast you're the best you can find the show on itunes stitcher downcast or in the ears of a trader vix employee love you mean it Uh uh-huh